ask you to turn your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 11. Luke, chapter 11. When I was in college, and Jonathan remembers this because he did the same thing, our pastor would ask the young preacher boys in college to preach every year. And we would come home from college, and we would preach, and I would always get so nervous because I would think, what, what could I preach or say that Pastor Gagliano, after 35 years or 30 years, hasn't already said? What could I say that these men, these are my Sunday school teachers, these are my mentors, and I'm supposed to get up and preach? And, and uh, I kind of had that little thought come to my mind when I got up to preach, like, what am I going to say that Pastor Shag hasn't said in 41 years, or Jonathan, or whoever? You know, and, and I just remember, and the Lord just kind of reminds me, you're not... You're not listening to me. I have nothing to tell you. No information for you from me. But I hope that as we open God's word, that you'll learn something from his word and that he'll be the center. And so I do not have anything to say to you, but hopefully God's word, well, I know God's word has something to say to you. And, uh, and I hope that you'll be attentive and, uh, and receive what he has for you this, this evening. Are you there yet? I'm not. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. You've probably heard, uh, I, think, I think, Pastor Stancil or Jonathan, Pastor, what, I don't know what you call him, Pastor Jonathan. Um, we're not on a first-name basis anymore. He's, he's, he's big time now. So, uh, but um, but uh, Pastor, Pastor Jonathan, he, um, I'm sure he's, he, I think he did a Sunday school series on, on prayer, so I'm sure he talked about this passage, but... Uh, I think it'll be a help to us. The Bible says in Luke chapter 11 and verse 1, And it came to pass that as he, wa- that as he was praying in a certain place. Now, this, this phrase right here, and it came to pass, I heard a, I heard a preacher kind of comment on that. This really isn't, this is just kind of a side note here. I love this phrase, it came to pass. You'll see in verse uh, chapter 10, verse 38, now it came to pass, and it came to pass. We see this all throughout the Bible. And uh, in, in other words, it came, and then it, and then it went. There was a reason for it. It came, and then it was gone. And that's, that's an interesting concept to me because that's, kinda, that's just kind of how life is, right? It comes, and then it goes. Um, whatever it is, a trial or a good time or a bad time, it comes, and it comes to pass. But the Bible here is saying it came to pass that as he was praying. So this is a verse, a, a passage of Scripture about prayer that Jesus is going to talk about. And uh, sometimes I think, man, I struggle. I think, I think the two areas where Christians... I, well, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but soul winning and prayer are so difficult. <laughs> they are so hard. Being a soul winner, being a witness, and the prayer life. And we think, and we're talking about prayer tonight, and that one, the, the, the sweet hour of prayer, an hour in my house is a long time. <laughs> that is a long, long time. I don't think we get an hour of silence in our home. Um, but the Bible says it's just like that. It came to pass. It's here. And it's gone. That time of prayer, that time in your Bible that, that we think, oh, I don't really have time for that. I don't really, I don't have time to go to the church and go soul winning or do it. I don't really, it's gone. It comes to pass. It's here and it's gone. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So his disciples saw Jesus pray. And something that Jesus prayed or something that he did got the attention of the disciples. They said, we want to pray like that. Wow, teach us to pray. <laughs> you know, you watch Jesus pray. And, uh, and, and you're, you're, in the, you're in the garden or in a certain place where he was, and he, they said, Lord, teach us to pray like that. John taught his disciples how to pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. And something about the prayer life of Jesus got the attention of the disciples. And 
I love this passage because Jesus taught him how to pray. He said, oh, okay, here's how you pray. The, the person who probably is the person who knows how to pray, the person who knows how to talk to God said, let me, let me show you how to pray. And he said, and it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And, a, and so in verse number two, we see, and he said unto them, when ye pray, say our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the first, the first thing that Jesus tells them, he gives them a pattern of prayer. He shows them what to do, what it looks like. Here's what, a, here's what prayer looks like. And, uh, and I love this, what he says right here. And he said unto them, when ye pray, he, he said, say our father, which art in heaven. He could have said anything. He could, there's so many names in the Bible for God, Jehovah, Almighty, all kind. But he said, "Our Father, <laughs> our Father, which art in heaven." That, he said, "That's what you say when you come to the Lord. Say, our Father. He's our Father, and he 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 is Almighty. He is holy, and he is all those descriptions in the Bible. But he said, when you pray, when you come to him, come to him as a father. And he said, when you come unto him, he said, pray, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. There's still a reference." And God's name is holy, it's hallowed, and, uh, and it's, uh, it's precious, precious Jesus. <clears throat> um, and I, I believe we should teach our children to not misuse God's name or to say God's name in vain. It's hallowed, it's, it's, it's holy. And yet God says, come to me as a father. And he says, so in, the, in this pattern of prayer, he says, I want you to reverence the father, come to him as a father. And then he says, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. So he asks for provision. He says, "You can ask God for anything you need, anything you want." Now, anything in my uh, well, we'll get to that. But a uh, prayer, prayer here is really all prayer is. It's about communicating with God and and talking with God. And he says, "When you come to Him, come to the Father." He says, "Come asking for provision. If you have a need." He wants to know, and then he's going to talk, actually talk more about this towards the end here. Um, we're going to talk about that. But he comes asking for provision. Then he says, uh, forgive us our sins. Verse number four, forgive us our sins, for we, also for, uh, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he says here, to ask for forgiveness, get a, keep a short sin account with God. The Bible says in John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, you might say, well, I'm saved. Why do, you know, why do I have to keep asking for forgiveness? And is that the same thing? You know, uh, sometimes you might not, this might be really hard for you to believe, but um, sometimes uh, my wife and I will disagree on something. And I might say something quick or curt or something kind of, you know, just not thinking or unkind. And, and, it can kind of build up in a relationship, not just a husband and wife, but in any relationship, things can just kind of build up. But when I, when I come to her, or she comes to me, and I say, Kelly, I was, I was wrong for saying that. I was, I was frustrated. I, I, I misspoke, or I said, I said this, and I was aggravated, and I said this. I, I was out of line. Would you forgive me? The relation, we're still married, but the relationship is better when the sin account is short. And so... We should keep a short sin account with God. And that's what he's saying here. Whenever you come to the Lord, just make sure everything's right. Just get right with him. Just, just you, you, his mercies are new every morning. And you can come to him with a fresh, a, a fresh approach every, every time you come to him. Keep a short sin account. 
And he says, forgive us our sins, for we, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he asks, uh, he says in verse number five, and he said unto him, uh, excuse me, uh, but deliver us from evil, excuse me, verse number four, and he forgive us our sins, we forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So then he asks for protection. He asks for a deliverance from evil. And spiritual protection from sin, excuse me, from sin, from our past life, from addiction. Or, um, flip my notes here. Uh, we can ask for physical protection. There's all types of protection that we need. We talked about this morning in the teen class from Psalm 91 about the Lord is our refuge. And we can come to him. He's our protection. He offers protection. We have the, he says, the Bible says that we have angels that, that have kept charge over us. We have the whole host of heaven behind us. God is behind us. He can do it by himself. But God says, you know what? I've got everybody. Everything in heaven, all the angels, me, every, we are for you. We are behind you. I'm for you, Christian, individually. I'm for you. I want you to win. I want you to succeed. I want you to do what I'm here to protect you, to love you. And God offers protection. And he says, take advantage of that. <laughs> Ask for protection of the Lord. Ask for, for protection from sin and protection from evil and from temptation and even physical protection. And he says, come to him as a father, as a son would come. And uh, this is it. And I'm done. Uh, I love this. Oh, I'm sorry, two more things, but let's, let's read verse number five. And he said unto him, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from withal shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are in bed with me. I cannot rise and give thee. I don't think, I don't think there's a person, anyone, not even you, that I would get out of bed to give them a loaf of bread for. <laughs> you know, if you're knocking on my door, right? And uh, I don't think anybody, like if you're, if it's real, I'm tired. If everyone in my house is sleeping, do not knock on my door, okay? And uh, he said, I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend. I'm not doing it because you're, I'm your friend. We might have been friends before. I'm not doing it because I'm your friend. Watch what he says here. Yet because of his importunity. Have you ever heard that term before, importunity? What an interesting word, importunity. It's kind of a, it's kind of a weird word. It's almost to the point of insanity. It's kind of like... You're, you're borderline losing it. You're so persistent, so obnoxious, so adamant. You will not let it rest. I won't do it because I'm your friend. But because you're so annoying, I'll do it. And that's, that's oh, I keep hitting that. I'm so sorry. And he, he says, was that annoying? And he says, and he says, he says, because of your importunity, because you keep on and on and on and on, okay, take the bread and get out of my house. Get away from me. And, and it's, it's just such, a, it's such an interest. It's beyond just, it's beyond just like, I, I, he keeps asking me over and over again. It's importunity. My children are importunate. They're impor- they just constant. Just, it's amazing. The fortitude to keep asking and asking and asking and asking. That's what he says. He says, your, that's your, your importunity that should, that should be a part of your prayer life. Now, God doesn't get tired of us. He doesn't get weary. He doesn't wake up in the middle of the night. But he said, that's the kind of persistence you should have. Importunity. Continue always, always praying, ceasing not to pray. Constantly coming to the Lord, 
importunately, okay? So, and he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. I understand this next verse right here, verse 11, better than I ever have after having three children. I understand this better than, than I ever have in my whole life. Watch this. <clears throat> if a son shall ask bread of any of you, that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If then ye being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? I want to get, when my little girl comes up to me and grabs my leg, and she looks at me, she says, juice, 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 candy, cereal. I'll buy her a pony. I'll whatever you want. She comes up and hugs me and cuddles. I want to give her everything. I don't do that. But, but I want to. Do you understand that feeling? If you're a parent, you understand. I feel like, yes, I'll give you the whole world. I want you to have every opportunity. I want you to have the best of everything. Education, whatever. The best I have, everything I have is yours. I want the best for you. And I'm sinful. I know, very, I know practically nothing about raising children. And he says, how then could you, being evil, how, right, well, well, let's just read what he says. He says, if then ye, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to him that asketh? He wants you to come to him. He wants to impart the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. He wants to give you every good and perfect gift. He wants the best for you. Pastor just talked about that uh, Wednesday night. God wants the absolute best for you. He doesn't hold back anything. And sometimes that's a trial, as Pastor was talking about. Sometimes that's not what, exactly what we think we need or what we want. But God knows. And he says, you being evil know what you want to give to your children. But you don't want to come to God who knows exactly what you need. And he says, you're missing out. And uh, I think it's, I think that I love this idea of the father because, you know, I have, I have a pantry and, and a fridge at home for my children. It's not for your children or for you. It's for my children, specifically for my kids. I'll share. If your kids come over, I'll share. But, but it's, it's, but if my kids need something, they come to dad's house and get what they need from dad. And how much more we have a heavenly father and God says, I have a, a really big pantry, and I, and I want to give you the best of everything. And now, God, I, I'll figure it out. I, I, think, I, I think this guy over here, he's got a pretty cool pantry. I think I'm going to go check out his pantry. <laughs> he's got some cool stuff. I want, him, I want what he And God says, are you kidding me? <laughs> I have the best for you laid out. And if we, being sinful and imperfect people, know how to take care of our children and desire good food and provisions for them, don't you think that God, our Heavenly Father, knows how to take care of us? And maybe today it could be that maybe a, someone's prayer life struggles because they don't know God as their Heavenly Father. That could be. And as I said before, he, God says, I have a pantry full of food, and, uh, and it's available to my children. And all we have to do is come to ask and come and ask. And God gave us a pattern of prayer. He's taught us the persistence of prayer. 
He taught us on the promise of prayer that he will provide and give to us what we need. And uh, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And I hope that's a help to you tonight. Let's have a word of prayer, and I'll turn it over to Pastor. Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, the practical teaching from your word. Jesus spoke here in Luke 11 so clearly, so easy for anyone to understand, and, uh, and you've, you've made it so practical to us. Lord, would you help us to take these truths and apply them to our hearts? Would we make the truth of God's word real in us? And uh, that you've, you've promised, you've promised to us that your word would not return void or return empty unto us, and that we would apply these truths, the meat of your word, to our lives. We ask these things in your name. Amen.